Established in 1880, K Chapel Missionary Baptist Church stands as a testament to the faithfulness of a compassionate God and a committed congregation whose mission is to bear witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ. A vibrant and visible congregation, K Chapel seeks to love and to lift the name of Jesus in impactful ways. Join us during the month of February as we take a walk through the pages of our history because Kate's history is black history. Years before its formation, Kate Chapel's beginning was intricately tied to the beginning of Mount Helm Baptist Church. In 1867, a white businessman named Thomas E. Helm donated land for former slaves to build their first church. This church was erected at the corner of Church and Grayson Street in 1868. For more than a decade, the new church was the only one for blacks in the city of Jackson. People from all points in Mississippi and in the surrounding areas made their way to Jackson after the Civil War for many different reasons. For most, including ex-slaves, opportunities existed around the state's capital. What Jacksonians now know as the historic Fondren District grew up around the former Mississippi Lunatic Asylum on the current site of the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Located near the fork in the road where the city's northernmost boundaries reached Canton Road, the mental hospital provided many jobs, mostly menial ones, which drew large numbers of people to the area. During the Civil War, most of the area's plantations, many of which belonged to the Garland family, were destroyed. After the war, the state divided up the properties, and a former slave from Carroll County, Mississippi, Isham Cade, purchased a large parcel of the formerly known Garland family plantation with the intent of subdividing the land and selling it to other ex-slaves moving into the area. The area he purchased was officially known as the Isham Cade Survey, but many locals called it Salem Heights. State Street, from the old Canton Fork to the Capri, was known as Cade's Alley. Today, we call this road Doolings Avenue. With round trips distance of four to five miles to reach Mount Helm by foot, the community of Asylum Hill decided in 1879 to form their own church closer to their homes. Land was donated by Isham K to create a gathering space for the church community. A brush arbor, constructed of posts with a roof of brushes, was used until a formal structure could be built. Because of his donation and in his honor, the church was named K Chapel Missionary Baptist Church. The oral history of Cade indicates that the church was formally organized late in 1880. In 1903, a building was erected on the site of the current Fondren Presbyterian Church, and Cade Chapel became a gathering spot for the community. By 1929, the congregation had grown too large for the building and moved to West Jackson on Ridgeway Street, across from where it is located today. Cade Chapel's history is black history. Well, somebody give God praise this morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are exceedingly glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Why? Because God is great and he is greatly to be praised. And as we've just walked through the history, we ought to be able to declare this morning, God has been good to us. The whole church used to sing the song down through the years. God has been good to me and I'm a living witness that he's been good. He's been good. He's been so, so good to me. Amen. And I know he's been good to you too. Go ahead and share this with your neighbors, with your friends. Let them know that you're watching K Chapel on live right now. Share this because you don't want to do it by yourself. You don't want to worship by yourself, but it's good to have brothers and sisters, family and friends to worship with you so that you can walk in the word together. You can grow in the word together and you can worship our great God together. Together, Come on. God is a mighty good God. I want you to join me now for just a moment of prayer as we enter into this worship experience. God, how great you are. How merciful you are. What a wonderful king. What a mighty savior. And Lord, we worship and praise your holy name. You've been so good. Down through the years, you've been walking with us. You've been talking with us. You've been standing by our sides and you've been opening doors and pushing the way open. And God, we give you glory, honor, 
and we give you praise. And this morning, oh God, in our houses, in our apartments, in our living rooms, in our bedrooms, wherever we are, we've come to bless the holy, the righteous, the mighty, the everlasting name of Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, and our coming King. In Jesus' name we pray and for his sake. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, come on, stand to your feet in your sanctuary, in your house, in your home, because it's time to worship and praise the Lord. We're going to give this King the glory that's due his name. Come on, let's praise him, Lord. scripture for the morning will come from the 20th chapter of Matthew, verses 24 through 28, and they read as follows. When the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be the first must be your slave. Jesus, as the Son of Man, did not come to be served, but to be served and to give his life as a ransom for many. May the Lord add a blessing to the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy and inspired word. <clears throat> 
Listen, we want to certainly uh, celebrate our February birthdays. This is the first Sunday of February, and we want to celebrate all of you February birthday babies. You've got a birthday in the month of February. Go ahead and type your name in the chat line. Let us see you this morning and wish you a happy birthday. While you're doing that, we do want to remind you uh, that we are entering into week two of our 28 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, we want you to continue to follow along with us. Week number two of the devotion uh, will be uh, 
updated and online, and so you will have those uh, beginning on tomorrow, I believe. And we will also continue in our 6 a.m. prayer calls. 6 a.m. prayer calls. We want you to be on the prayer line and join us for a moment in prayer as we begin each day, each day during these 28 days in prayer. And on Wednesday, every Wednesday, we are continuing in our corporate fast, our corporate fast, where we uh, do our Daniel fast for the day of Wednesday. Uh, we, we come online at 12 noon uh, for our pop-up prayer, and then we end the day uh, with our Bible study at 7 p.m. It's going to continue to be great. We want you to go and be great in all that you're doing, all that you're uh, in, encountering during these 28 days, because I believe that God is going to do a great work in your life, going to do a great work in your family going to do a great work for and with you. Paper copies of the 28-day devotional are available here at the church office. If you want to stop by and pick up a, a paper copy, you can do so at any time. Uh, also, the guides are available on the Facebook app, uh, on the app on Facebook, as well as on the uh, K Chapel Nucleus page. So any of those are available for you to join along with us uh, by way of PDF or the flipbook, whichever uh, method you choose. It's there for your convenience as well as paper copies here at the church office. Amen. 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 Do want to remind you also that there is a Sunday school time change. Sunday school time has changed for adult and in teen lessons uh, at 9 a.m. 9 a.m. for adult and in teen lessons and then the children's lesson will begin at 9.30 a.m. Again, Sunday school change particularly for this month and we're going to see how long we will stay in this format, but at least for this month, uh, 9 a.m. for adult and in teen classes, and then 9.30 a.m. for our children classes as well. We want to ask that you keep in prayer the Ellis family. Our hearts were broken, and we're grieving, of course, uh, the loss of one of our longtime uh, deacons, Deacon uh, Ellis, who was a wonderful man of God, just a wonderful spirit. Uh, in and throughout this church, his ministry, uh, the way that he, the way that he served, is just remarkable for so so many years. And so our hearts go out to the Ellis family. Uh, visiting hours will be on Friday at the West Haven Funeral Home. Uh, we want to encourage all of our members to participate. Uh, if you want to participate, to do so during the visiting hours. And then again, reserve again the funeral hours, which is going to be the next day, Saturday, for the family. The family is requesting a private uh, family service uh, at the West Haven Chapel. So that is for the family. Uh, if we want to go and pay our respects, uh, we are asked to do so during the visiting hours on Friday this coming Friday at the West Haven uh, Funeral Home there on, on um, Robinson Road in West Jackson. God bless you and God keep you is our prayer. Amen. Amen. This young man is going to come back. Tell you what, tell you what, save that one for, for we, we want to collect, we want to get our offering. Amen. And I know, I, I, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Listen, <laughs> uh, you know what? We're talking about greatness. We're talking about greatness. There's a song y'all sing, y'all do, uh, God is great, y'all remember that, and greatly to be praised. Can y'all cue that one up? Can y'all cue that one up? Think about it for a minute. We're going to get ready for, to collect our offering. This is our tithe and our offering period. We want you to get ready to give in this our offering. There are any number of ways that you can give. You ought to see those ways on your screen right now, whether you give by way of the church app or whether you give uh, by way of texting to the number that's on your screen. You can always drop your gift off here at the office. Whatever you do, however you give it, we ask that you do so two ways. Give so liberally and give so cheerfully. Why? Because the Lord still loves a cheerful giver. Amen. It's giving time.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for this offering that is being received today, as it will be used for the uplifting of your kingdom. As we journey through the days ahead, we ask, Father, that you prepare our journey, guide our footsteps, and the Holy Spirit watch over us on every path we follow. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Listen, I pray that you are having a good time in the Lord, in your house, in your home, in your apartment, wherever you are, that God is certainly great, and he is greatly to be praised. We're going to get ready and hear the word of the Lord uh, in just a moment. I'm going to ask that this band would come. They are on fire this morning. There ought to be some fire in your house right now. Amen. ought to be some fire on this timeline. Let me see. Yeah, y'all, y'all in there. Y'all in there. God bless you. We're going to hear from the band one more time as we get, enter into the word of God. Thank you. 
indeed you are great you are mighty your power is like none other so God right now we appeal to your greatness your sovereignty your providence have your way speak O God to our hearts speak to our minds let us hear your word afresh that we might be made anew granted in Jesus name and for his sake we pray amen join me in Matthew's gospel gospel according to St. Matthew chapter number 20 beginning with verse number 24 there you will find these words recorded and when the ten heard it they were moved with indignation against the two brethren but Jesus called them unto him and said ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them and they that are and they that are great exercise and they that are great exercise authority upon them but it shall not be so among you but whosoever will be great among you let him be your minister and whosoever will be chief among you let him be your servant even as the son of man came not to be ministered unto but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many the grass withers the flower fades but the word of our lord shall stand forever i want to preach from the subject this morning the pathway to greatness the pathway to greatness so one of my heroes growing up was muhammad ali like many young black boys growing up in the 1970s i was absolutely captivated by this larger than life figure whose charisma was electrifying and whose boxing prowess was pure poetry he took words and gave them flight in the ring when on the tips of his toes he floated like a butterfly and delivering blistering jabs that would sting like a bee oftentimes this great boxer would predict the round that his opponent would fall and then back up those predictions with a performance that shocked sports enthusiasts but his amazing wit and social consciousness were as sharp as any combination of punches he ever put together Taking on issues of racial discrimination in the Vietnam War, Ali would not remain quiet inside or outside of the ring. In fact, perhaps the only two things faster than his feet and his fists were his mind and his mouth, which made the power structures of 1960s white America target him, eventually stripping him of his title, banning him from boxing, convicting him for draft evasion, and causing him to miss nearly four years out of the ring. But when he returned, when he got back in the ring, he would win some extraordinary fights after the Supreme Court overturned the conviction. And even though, even though I came to know him by the mid-70s at a time when he had already passed his prime, there was still, Pat, there was still something magical. There was still something mysterious and absolutely magnetic about this man that made you want to watch him and root for him because he was... He was just, and he was just the greatest. I think, I think, I think, I think Ali's greatness was definitely bigger than boxing. Ali was able to take the hearts and the conscience of a nation that was for a long time opposed to his politics and scared of his religion and offended by his audacity to claim that black was beautiful. And he made that same country that hated him eventually respect him and love him and celebrate him as a global humanitarian because he did more than just box. 
but he fought for the cause of human dignity. He fought for respectability. He fought for the right to stand on your convictions, to believe what you believe, to say what you believe, and to then defend what you believe. And, and, and that is what I believe really made him the greatest. If you remember last week, I told you that greatness, greatness is more than just being excellent at something. Greatness, greatness is not just your ability, but it's your attitude. Greatness is not just about your talent, it's your temperament. It's not just your capability, but your character. It's not just about what you can do, but how you do it. But let me add something on to that this week. If you're going to be great, you have to start by being good. Goodness is the base for greatness. Goodness is the rule that greatness simmers in before it's being served. Goodness is the stock necessary to build up the complex flavorings of greatness. And Jesus takes the time in this text to explain to his disciples the goodness that precedes greatness in the kingdom. He lets the 12 and all who would become his followers in on the secret to greatness by sharing with them what I want to share with you this morning, the three pathways to greatness. In this text, this text shows us that the first pathway, when Jesus responds to a growing concern, he responds to building resentment between his 12 disciples. The story begins in verse number 20. says, Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing from him. And already, Carol, a problem pops up from that scripture. The sons in question here are, are James and John. And the mother is doing what mothers do. Mothers lobby for their boys. And so I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that really because mother, she's just doing what mothers do. She's looking out for her sons. She wants her sons to be great. She wants them to achieve some measure of greatness. And most mothers work behind the scenes in some sort of way to do things for their children that their children don't even know about. So that's not the issue. The issue here is that the writer connects her worship to her request. She came worshiping him and desiring a certain thing from him. And unfortunately, this mother is not by herself when it comes to worshiping God. For too often, our worship is connected to our wants. You might as well say amen. Too often, our praise is tied to what God can provide. Too often, there is an agenda behind our attendance at church. And when your worship is a calculated act connected to a personal agenda, when your worship is but a pretext to a proposition, when your worship is just an entryway into an inquiry for God's assistance, God sees and knows that your worship is inauthentic don't get me wrong it's all right to need something it's all right to want something from the lord but don't let the only time you worship him be when you want something from him i ought to have a witness in this house don't let the only time that you turn on the live stream be when your life is in trouble don't let there be a hidden agenda to your public worship here she worships him desiring something from him. She worships him desiring something. And it's almost shameful, almost comical in how it flows in the text for verse 21 says, right after verse 20, it says, verse 21 says, and he saw her and said, what wilt thou? In other words, he looked at her and said, what you want? I, I, I see you singing. I see you worshiping. I, I see you praying. What you want? What, what, what do you want? I pray, I pray that when the Lord looks at your worship, that he does not, he does not look with skepticism wondering, what is it now that you want? The only time you pray like that is when you want something from it. The only time that you fast is when you're in trouble. The only time that you lift up hands is when you want me to put down mine. Don't let it be. The only time that you talk to the Lord is when you need something from him. What wilt thou, Jesus says. This mother makes the request that is on her heart. She says, here's, here's what I want, Jesus. I want my two sons to have good seats in the kingdom. Put one on the left 
You put one on the right. And I don't care which one you put where, but just make sure that they are closest to you. I want them, watch this, watch this. I want them to have good titles. I want them to have positions of honor. I want them to be your closest associates and assistants in the kingdom. And word eventually gets out among the other disciples, the other 10, what James and John's mother has done. And now they begin to get angry. Because the truth of the matter is, I know why they got angry. The truth of the matter is, I believe they got angry because all 10 of them were looking at the same two seats. Y'all not going to pray with me. They got angry, they got angry, they got angry, they wouldn't admit it, but they got angry because deep down all of them looked at those seats and said, I want it for myself. And you know, people's real personalities will come out when they've been eyeing seats for themselves and feel like they're slipping away from them when they've been wanting to move up and positioning themselves to move in and they see a threat on the horizon, the text says that they were moved with indignation. Who do they think they are that they can get their mama to lobby on their behalf? Come in and steal our seats and our titles out from under us. They were moved with indignation. And when Jesus sees what's developing among them, when he sees the jealousy creeping into their camp, when he sees the envy being invited into their relationship, Jesus addresses it directly by giving them first, this first pathway to greatness. Listen to what he says in the text again. Jesus called them unto him and said, you know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them and they that are great exercise authority upon them, but it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. So the first pathway to greatness then is the path of service. The path of service. Jesus says if you want to be great, the one who will be greatest among you must first be your minister. Jesus makes it clear that in the kingdom, greatness is not about power. It's about service. Greatness is not about prestige. It's about service. Greatness is not about the seat in which you sit. It's about the service that you render. And Jesus shifts the conversation and their thinking about greatness by focusing on what it means to be great in the kingdom rather than greatness in the eyes of man. So he turns their attention from themselves and their desires to him and his service. He says, listen, you all are sitting up here fighting about who's going to sit where and who's going to claim what title and what position he says. But look at me. I'm the master. And I have yet spent all of my years in ministry with you by serving you. Verse 28. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus says, this is not the example I've provided for you. You're sitting here fighting over who's going to get the position, who's going to get the title, who's going to get the seat. That's not the example that I'm leaving for you. That's not the example that I've set. and That's not the example I intend for you to follow. This is not how we are to relate to one another by having power struggles for who gets to sit where. Stop focusing on the seat and start doing the service. And greatness will be yours. Stop focusing on what you want and start focusing on what you can give. And greatness will be yours. Stop focusing on the position you're seeking and start focusing on practicing service. And greatness will be yours. Jesus teaches us then that the pathway to greatness leads through the doorway of service. Let me see if I can say that another way. Here it is. The way up is down. I'm going to say it again so you get it. Say it for the person in the back. The way up is down. Greatness is not determined by how high you can get, 
but how low you're willing to go. And listen, if you are too big to serve, then you are too small to lead. If serving is beneath you, then leading is beyond you. If serving others is too small of a thing for you to do, then leading others is too big of a responsibility for you to handle. The way up is by going down and serving others. So in the words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., everybody can be great. Because everybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. When service and not seating is at the forefront of one's motives and motivations, you are walking then the pathway to greatness. But watch this, the only way, the only way you're going to get to the place of serving others is by being humble. That's the second pathway to greatness, the path of humility, path of humility. Now, you would have thought that because this lesson had already been covered, they had already, they had already gone over this lesson, two chapters prior to chapter 20 in chapter number 18, they had already gone over this very lesson, but apparently somebody was sleeping in class. Jesus goes over this very lesson, two chapters prior in chapter number 18 because the question was already presented to Jesus by the disciples and they asked him straight up who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven Jesus decides to use an illustration to teach this lesson he calls a child to him and puts that child front and center and says to his disciples except ye be converted and become as little children Ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus then lifts up humility as a defining characteristic necessary for greatness in the kingdom. In other words, there must be about God's people a certain commonness. I wish y'all would talk to me in here a certain common touch that allows others to know that, watch this, that you don't consider yourself better than them. That's humility. When others can see you and and understand that you are not caught up in your own prideful imaginations, when others look at you and know that you are not tied to your title or stuck on your status, when others see you and know that you are not defined by your degree and you don't get funny acting because you've got some good finances, Jesus says, if you want to be great, you've got to be humble. And not this false humility where you're low-key bragging on yourself, sounding like you're humble, but really just telling everybody how great you are. Jesus says, you got to take off that pride, that arrogance, that conceitedness, and quit telling everybody how good you are. Put aside your ego and make sure that you remain humble. And I've got news for you, church. God will use humble people. The Lord will promote humble people because humble people don't mind giving credit where credit is due. Humble people don't mind giving somebody else, pushing somebody else out front when they've done a good job and they take the background. Humble people don't mind letting it be known how they got to where they got to. Humble people don't mind helping others get to where they are because they are not threatened by other people succeeding. Humble people will let it be known that even though they worked hard and even though they gave it their best that if it had not been for the Lord on their side if it had not been for the Lord making a way if it had not been for the Lord opening a door humble people know that their help is coming from the Lord humble people will lift up their hands in recognition that their blessings are coming from the Lord and Jesus says if you want to be great you must walk the path of humility you got to be humble if the Lord blesses you with mighty gifts and awesome talents Be humble with them. If the Lord puts you in positions of power, be humble. If the Lord raises you up to positions of leadership and authority, be humble. Be so humble that people who don't know your title are surprised when they find out who you are. Be so humble. That people who need you are not afraid to reach out to you because they think you're just one of them. Be so humble 
that even if you walk with kings, you never lose the common touch. Finally, the last pathway to greatness is the path of sacrifice. The path of sacrifice. If we return to chapter number 20, Jesus says in that last verse of our text, verse number 28, even as the son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. When James and John's John's mother lobbies for them, one to sit on the left, one to sit on the right hand of Jesus. Jesus first responds by asking, raising this question. Listen to what he says. He says, well, first he says, you, you're not able. You, you don't know what you're asking. He says, are you able to drink from the cup that I'm about to drink? In other words, sitting in these seats, it's not just about service. It's not just about humility. But Jesus says sitting in these seats is about sacrifice. Are you able to drink from the cup from which I'm about to drink? In other words, the greatness that you're asking for is not cheap. It is not free. But this greatness costs something. This greatness requires sacrifice. Jesus turns their eyes toward him and toward what he is about to do for humanity. To give his life as a ransom for many. And he says to this mother, he says to his disciples, he says to us, that if it's greatness that you seek, understand that you must walk the path of sacrifice. You must be willing to give of yourself in ways that you don't really want to give. You want to be great? You must be willing to give of yourself, give of your time, give of your resources in ways that others are not willing to give. And my brothers and sisters, this ultimately is what separates good from great. This word, sacrifice. Young people, hear me and hear me well. This is what separates good from great, sacrifice. When others are playing and you're practicing, it's a sacrifice. But it's a sacrifice that leads to greatness. When others are partying and you're studying, it's a sacrifice. But it's a sacrifice that leads to greatness. When others are on the yard and you're in the library, it's a sacrifice. But it's a sacrifice that leads to greatness. When others are in bed but you're in the books burning the midnight oil, it's a sacrifice. But it's a sacrifice that leads to greatness. Greatness is not free. It is not cheap. It requires a sacrifice. So yeah, my childhood hero, he was great. Ali was a great champion in the ring, a great champion for human rights, a great champion to inspire the greatness inside of people. But there he is, one greater. Jesus Christ is the greatest example for humanity to follow because only Jesus gave his life as a ransom for the world. Only Jesus had enough love for the father that he would drink from the bitter cup of death. Only Jesus could take on a six hour match with the cross and conquer it. Only Jesus could step into the ring with death and defeat it. 
Only Jesus could rope-a-dope the devil and make him fall to the canvas in shame. Only Jesus could pause long enough while dying, pull down the microphone from heaven and ask the Father in, in heaven to forgive us of our sins. Only Jesus could lay down his life and then do just what he said three days later, raise it up again. Oh, Jesus was a bad man. The greatest, I tell you. The greatest figure to ever walk the face of the earth, Jesus Christ, he is the greatest, the greatest person to ever perform miracles that still cannot be explained. He is the greatest, the greatest man to ever make blinded eyes, see lame legs, walk windows, stop blowing waves and stop crashing. He is the greatest. Jesus is the greatest savior, the greatest redeemer, the greatest friend you could ever know. In fact, no greater love hath a man than this, that a man will lay down his life for a friend and that's what Jesus did he sacrificed himself for you and for me and for all whom he calls friend he is the greatest may the Lord bless you and keep you make his face to shine upon you be gracious unto you give you his peace this great savior this great master this great redeemer of the world gave his life that you might live and if you've heard this message I want you to know this great man for yourself Listen, if you're ready, why don't you give your life to Christ right now? The greatest, the greatest doctor that ever lived. <laughs> the greatest lawyer to ever argue a case. The greatest repairer of the breach. He is Jesus. I pray that you give yourself to him right now. If you don't know him, in the part of your sin, why don't you pray this prayer? Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your great son. And I now accept him as my great savior. Jesus, come into my life. Make me a new creature. I believe you to be the son of God. I believe you died on a cross for my sins. And I believe you rose again from the dead. And right now, by faith, I claim you as my king, as my Lord. Be great in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to call the number that's on your screen. There's somebody right now who's waiting to receive your call, wants to speak with you, wants to talk with you, and wants to pray with you to give you further steps to live out your new life in Christ. This is the greatest decision that you could have ever made to give yourself away. If you're doing that, if you've done that, if you're doing that right now, if you're yet making your decision, go ahead and call the number. They're, they will help you go further in making that decision. If you're wondering if you should do so, call the number. They're going to help you make a decision that you will never regret, never, never regret, never regret. Go ahead and give yourself away. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away. So